Hello, this is Tennessee Bill. Welcome to What We Saw, Tales from the Bigfoot Community. This episode is brought to you by Kendall Vela. Remember to search for What We Saw on the Amazon page under Kendall Vela. Also brought to you by WilliamC.com, where you can find other works by yours truly, Tennessee Bill. Episode 5, Eddie. Randy led the caravan from Ohio to Eddie's spread in West Virginia. Randy's decked-out Jeep with oversized tires and spotlights on the roll bars rolled along with windows down. His beard fluttered in the wind as he sang along to early hillbilly recordings at the top of his lungs. Boys, keep away from the girls, I say, and give them lots of room. You'll find when you're wed, they'll bang you till you're dead with the bald-headed end of a broom. Jerry followed him in his old Chevy and camper, thinking about film editing and planning the sequence of the Bigfoot documentary documentary. Poire brought up the rear in her taco truck. Eddie's acreage was in a bend of the Greenbrier River, and his house was perched on a bluff overlooking the rambling water. Upon driving through the gate, they were greeted by a nine-foot-tall chainsaw carving of a Sasquatch. Eddie greeted them as they pulled in and directed them to park their rigs next to a pole barn. He wore a gray felt cowboy hat festooned with an owl feather and already had a cooler of beers next to a smoking barbecue pit. Randy got out first and gave Eddie a firm bear hug before introducing everyone. Eddie, this is my buddy Jerry. And this is Poir. Hello there, Jerry. Poir? I don't get much company out here, much less a Bigfoot expert. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you too, but I'm not really an expert. Well, don't be modest. Randy's told me all about you. Jerry looked over at Randy, who winked. Hello, Eddie. Where did you get that Sasquatch carving by the gate? Asked Poir. I carved it myself. Eddie took him on a tour of his homestead and showed them his woodworking prowess. They all found him easy to talk to, and Jerry was surprised at how normal he was. Eddie wore his jeans tucked into his cowboy boots, and his barn was full of woodworking and steel welding tools that made him seem like the kind of guy who could do or build just about anything. They made themselves at home next to the fire and enjoyed the icy coors. Eddie and Randy kept the conversation going briskly, and spoke of many raucous adventures that they had enjoyed in their youth. Randy, have you had any luck on your Bigfoot hunts lately? Asked Eddie. Well, the last one was okay, but most of them have been crap. Why you say that? Man, they always talk it up by saying, so-and-so's a Bigfoot researcher. But when you get there, they're just some dude. They say they're taking us to a remote place where... Sightings happen all the time, but, man, it's never that far out. They point to broken limbs or a disturbed rock and say it's a Sasquatch sign, but, dude, it's just a broken stick. The other day I was on one, and the guy leading it was wearing shorts. And when the trail went through this kind of bushy area, he turned around. He said, there might be snakes or poison ivy. Snakes? Really? Dude, he was wearing sneakers. Later that night, we went out to record some sounds and stuff, but... All of a sudden, this guy perked up and said, Oh, he heard one. Dude, it was a straight-up coyote. One guy was excited because he caught it on a field recorder, but it was some piece of shit he got from Walmart. 
and he was using free software he downloaded to look at wave patterns. That's lame. That was enough for me. I just left. I want to go with a little more hardcore, man. Make a hike in for a few days. Par asked, Why don't you just go by yourself? Well, I could, but, man, I thought there'd be some other folks that'd be really into it at these hunts, but they're just bored townies. Well, why don't you get a ghillie suit and go way out and just stay there for a few days? I think that's what I'm going to do. Well, heck, you don't have to go way out, said Eddie. I never had to. Yeah, man, I know. Your deal was crazy. Jerry was waiting for his chance to get Eddie talking about his experience, and Randy was trying to steer him that way as well. Dude, you got to tell Jerry about it. Eddie started first. So you saw one, Jerry? Yep, when I was a kid. What did he look like? Jerry told his story, and Eddie agreed with the description. And you're making a documentary? Yes, I am, and I'd love to have your story. Eddie didn't answer immediately, and Jerry perceived hesitance. It's not necessary that you identify yourself. We can distort your face and voice. Jerry worded his pitch carefully. I just want to get people telling real stories that can cut through the bullshit that's common now and help people who are willing to listen and understand what the Squatch really is. Well, I can certainly clear that up for you. I know exactly what it is. Can I get my camera? Yeah. You give me your word that you'll distort my face and my voice. My solemn word, said Jerry. Eddie nodded, and Jerry began setting up the camera. Randy opened another Coors and was gnawing on one of the ribs from the smoker. After adjusting the camera settings, Jerry began recording. So you've seen a Bigfoot? You can say that again. I've seen him hundreds of times. Well, where were you when you saw him? I was right here. Bigfoot comes here? They used to. There were two large males that were most trouble, but others came too. They brought adolescents and females. I even saw a she-squatch carrying a baby one time. Why here? Now that I don't know, but I was tormented by a group of them for 12 years. What do you mean tormented? Well, hell, beating on my house, destroying things I made, smashing my windows. You name it, they tried everything to make me miserable. Well, that's a bit different than most accounts you hear. They weren't afraid of you? Well, heck, most of these accounts are bullshit, and no, they're definitely not afraid. Those sons of bitches are aggressive. They used to howl and tear planks off the barn just to get me to come outside. I'd walk out and shoot at them, and they'd throw rocks at me. And not just little rocks either, big ones. Eddie pointed to bowling ball-sized rocks still laying next to his house. Those are some of the ones they threw. Hell, sometimes they'd come into the yard and recollect an armful of them just to throw them again. And you said you shot at them? Yep. Bullets don't even affect them. Well, what about pictures? Sure, I set up game cameras, but they can sense infrared, and they'd smash them. I tried to take regular pictures with my camera, but... You know, their image won't appear on film. I could only photo what they had done, and their tracks, of course. Eddie retrieved his smartphone and began scrolling through hundreds of pictures of damage to his barn, house, and fences. 
He also had a trove of foot impressions in the soft dirt and wet prints on rocks. I'll send some of these to you. Eddie, this is incredible. I can see why you want to keep it a secret. Man, this place would be a Sasquatch Mecca if you told folks. And that's right. And I appreciate you agreeing to this secrecy. Why is it they can't be shot or photographed? Well, they ain't regular animals. And certainly ain't no remnant Australopithecus like some say. What are they? Nephilim. What is that? Are you much of a Bible reader, Jerry? Not really. Well, the Bible talks about Nephilim, which are giants or fallen angels. Genesis says, In those days when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they bore children and were the mighty men. Of course, this is also the same things as the Titans. The Titans were of God and also born of woman. And that's what the Sasquatches are. You say, born of woman? Yep, they're a human-demon hybrid. Do you think there'll be some tonight? Oh no, I hadn't seen anything of them in four years. What changed? I rebuked them. Well, what does that mean? Well, I got to thinking about it. Once I figured out what they were and realized they were fallen angels, I figured they could be commanded like you would a demon. So I got my Bible and went to each of the four corners of the property and rebuked them in the name of Jesus. And that worked? Yep. And they never came back. Never. They can't. Demons, of course, are subject to Jesus' authority. And if commanded in the name of Jesus, they have to obey. Eddie, why do you think they were aggressive towards you in particular? You know, most folks who have seen one say they run away instantly and want nothing to do with humans. Most folks would love to endear themselves to a Sasquatch. Well, that's idiotic. These things are evil. Why were they harassing you? I guess it was the devil testing me. He does that sometimes. God allows it, apparently. He let the devil test Jesus and Job. And this was my time to be tested. I guess you passed. I guess so. Jerry began putting away his camera, and the conversation returned to the general revelry that preceded the interview. Eddie continued his joviality and encouraged Randy to sing another tune and passed around a mason jar of moonshine. I made it myself. That evening, they slept in the warm, swirling bliss of the moonshine. Jerry awoke the next morning in the cool comfort of the camper's air conditioner. Poir was looking at her iPhone. Good morning. What you reading? I'm looking at my family tree on Ancestry.com. You know, you should send off your DNA. You find that all sorts of weirdos contribute to your gene pool. One of my great-grandfathers spent ten years in prison for bootlegging. Well, how do you send it off? You just order a kit. Sure, I guess I'll do that. Well, I'm on the page. I'll order you one. Within a few clicks, it was ordered. Jerry sat at the tiny table of the camper and made himself a cup of instant coffee with hopes of easing his post-moonshine headache. 
Out of the window, he saw Randy was already up, dressed and playing his banjo, unaffected by the previous night's imbibing. Jerry thought about Eddie's story. The videos he had so far were great, and he knew it. It would soon be time to edit them and put them together. He thought about how the documentary documentary should be introduced and narrated. He sharpened his black wing pencil and made a few notes on a tablet of paper. It felt similar to when he wrote the first draft of his book, but this would be better. He imagined Poire speaking into the camera as he wrote. Hello, I'm Poire Cumberbush and welcome to What We Saw. We'll take a look at the thriving industry of Bigfoot conventions, the people, and the stories they attract. This may not be the first Bigfoot documentary you've seen, but it will certainly be different than anything you've ever viewed or heard. Most of the speakers you meet at a Bigfoot convention are scientists. Scholars like Dr. Jeff Meldrum and Dr. Tom Stewart lead the cutting edge of paleoanthropological hypotheses and have collected samples and even hard-to-deny video footage. In addition, the Sasquatch documentary industry is getting stale. Anyone with a camera seems to be interested in becoming a Bigfoot celebrity. Well, how is this film different? The Bigfoot industry walks a tightrope through a gauntlet of ridicule. Anyone who wants to be taken seriously must avoid certain topics, an eyewitness testimony that deviates from the current scientific narrative. This leaves behind Sasquatch encounter stories that have been shunned from the dialogue, but nevertheless persist in the minds of Bigfoot's biggest fans. The individuals who flock to Bigfoot conferences often have things to say, but are afraid to. It is these reluctant eyewitnesses who sometimes have the wildest stories. Even though most of us don't consider the possibility of Bigfoot being a vampire, becoming a werewolf, or having a human hybrid family that lives in Detroit, there are individuals who insist otherwise. Are their stories a product of dementia or delusion? Maybe so, but they beg to be told. So hang on to your hats as we discover the most unique and interesting stories buried within the Bigfoot community. As they insist, this is what we saw. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of What We Saw, Tales of the Bigfoot Community. This episode was brought to you by Global Heritage Books and WilliamC.com.